but then it's I'm fitting, I'm fitting. They're like I'm fitting to go. Like what? What the hell do you? What did you just say? Wait, stop, stop, stop! Something's happening with your sound. Oh well, I didn't realize. I forgot my microphones are probably on the side of my computer. Okay. This is where the party ends I can't stand here listening to you And your racist friend I know politics bore you But I feel like a hypocrite talking to you And your racist friend Welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. I'm Amy McKees. And I'm Don Griffins. It's just weird. I know. I know. It's weird, it's weird if you put the S with it. It's weird if you don't put the S with it. <laughs> no matter what, I'm going to get made fun of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had uh, someone in the uh, neighborhood uh, listserv was feeling pretty salty about the increases for, is it water that went up? It'll go up again and again and again and again. Yeah. The sewer lines that we have, they're not, it's like a living, breathing thing that has to be taken care of all the time. You know, if you look at the Golden Gate Bridge, they're constantly painting it. They start at one end and by the time they're done, oh, they have to start at the, they have to start at the beginning all over again. Yeah. So just, and the pipe is so old. Right now we're replacing pipe at a 200 year clip and we need to be replacing it at a 100-year clip. Because mm. the wow. pipe can only lasts for 100 years. Yeah. And most of our pipe is like 75 years old. Ooh, yikes. We do a rate increase for sewer now. Two years from now, we'll do a rate increase for storm sewers. Uh-huh. And then we'll do another rate increase two years after that for water treatment. Uh, no, I think that's interesting. And one of the other points was that the cost of living continues to increase, which means your labor costs continue to increase in theory. And so increasing in order just to keep paying the people doing the work a living wage. And that's what and people are talking about the police force. You heard that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are we going to do that? We can do that. A lot of our police don't actually, they can't afford to actually live in Bloomington. There's a program out there for the police to have down payment assistance to, to live in city limits for our city police. It's not like police get paid a lot of money. Let's be honest. They, right. don't, get they don't get paid a lot of money. And, the and you know, I need to be careful because I'm going to have to negotiate with these guys. And I'm, I'm set, they're, they're going to be like, uh, you remember that time you said we weren't paid enough? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But they do put their lives on the line. I mean, you know, there are some bad police, there are some good police. Let's not talk about that. We're not talking about that. I don't even want to talk about whether or not we need to get rid of police. It's just not going to happen. Not anytime soon. It's not going to happen. There may be some changes on how we police. And actually, I think that's that's already happening. You know, and, and I don't know what that looks like. Let, let's not, I don't want to even talk about what that looks like. But let's just assume that things will change. But Forget about that. Let's just talk about police. Let's talk about people <laughs> in general. The, the, our, our wages are not, they don't keep pace here in Bloomington with 
No, they don't. Uh, with, with the cost of living. And these folks cannot afford to live in Bloomington. They can't. I'd say 90% of the people can't afford to live in Bloomington. You look at the housing prices. I, I've been in business for 29 years. And even I am shocked at the prices of houses right now. And you, you have to understand, it's not like the, these dollars can be applied to other things. It's not like uh, these particular dollars can't, they can't say, okay, we're not going to give this to the police. We're not going to create this program. Uh, we're just going to give this program, we're going to give this money to the homeless. Like, you can't do that. Money that is set aside for highways or roads, you can't take those funds and put them somewhere else, just wherever you want to put them, no matter how much you want to solve a problem. When was the decision, this is money that we're going to put toward the police made? Like, at what point in the timeline does that happen? I don't know. I haven't been there. That's not, that's not my, that wasn't my fish that I fried. You didn't fry that fish? I didn't fry that fish. <laughs> Uh, you know, I know that in a couple of, maybe next year, I'm, I am going to have to be frying that fish. Right? And you got to remember, it's not every single police officer is not going to do that. We have to remember that every single person on the force is not going to do that. Some of them already have houses. Some of them have uh, homes that they, that they've been living in and they're not, they're not leaving anytime soon. I mean, in fact, I mean, that's a problem with, for everyone. You could sell the house that you have right now, but then it's so damn expensive to find another one. So yeah. even with this, it's not like you're going to just see all these people just like, okay, we're moving on up, you know, half a million dollar house. It's just not happening. Yeah. So, I mean, you may have half a dozen police officers that decide that they want to use that either one of those programs, but it's mostly made to recruit new officers outside of Bloomington. And there's a push to get more a more diverse police force, right? And to get these people to come into Bloomington, they come in here, they look at the prices, and they're like, oh my God, there's no way. And you can go to Martinsville and make more money as a police officer. Huh. All the surrounding counties pay better. So just just something to keep in mind. So go ahead, ask me something. <laughs> or we can debate or whatever. I don't know. I was waiting on this because I can't remember the name of the book and I have way too many books on Audible to be able to find it quickly. But there was a book that I listened to explaining a restorative justice project. And one of the things she said that hit me really hard and that helped me understand the movement to abolish the police is she talked about our justice system, you know, the, the prison in particular, and how like the research on that is that it makes people worse. Like it, they come out worse than they went in. She was saying like, if this was a treatment we were doing for say cancer and we were measuring it, there's no way we would still be doing it. Like we would understand that doing nothing is better than putting them in a system that makes them worse. That was a, a metaphor that really worked for me. The, the system is, is so broken that it would be like someone with cancer getting leech treatment you know, it's not, not going to make them better and it might make them anemic. I say that also not having a, a super clear idea of how we move forward because I don't know. Like, I'm still learning. As much as you may want that, all right, we have to be realistic. Everybody doesn't want that. Yeah. And I, you know, and I've had experience with, a, with police officers. I know. Right? 
negative experiences yeah. with police officers. I've also had positive, like I said, my dad was a police officer. I mean, so I've had positive interactions with police, but we don't live in Portland. We live in Southern Indiana. Like, can we get this done? I mean, if people really dug deep into the movement for abolishing police, they would see it. it's not really completely abolishing police. It's not. It's separating things. It's having mental health care professionals uh, work closer with people who need it. It's and, and having police work on things that are important, like murders and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? And investigations, but not necessarily the day-to-day interaction that's that's happening. I mean, not unless you've read something else where it just says, get rid of the damn police. <laughs> I I, think- what do you do? Somebody steals your purse. Not steals a purse. That sounds so whatever. Someone <laughs> locks you takes all your damn money, and, and then just leaves, who do you call without the police? Tell me, how. what does it say? How do we handle that? I don't think I would call the police because I don't, I don't want to use them. What? Um, <laughs> what? What are the goals? Like, what are you hoping to accomplish with police? Like, what do you want to happen? I have some ideas, like maybe uh, reduced crime, Okay, so have you ever needed the police? Has that has that ever happened to you? Um, yes, I had to call them when our building was broken into, and it, I was required to because of my insurance. Okay. And like clinical stuff. Did I ever tell you about the time I was twelve or thirteen? I think, and I was in Indianapolis, and I was with my uncle and my two cousins and this neighborhood friend and we were at a cookout at my, at my cousin's house my uncle's house and my uncle wanted to uh he he was going to go to the store and so we decided to ride with him we stayed in the car my uncle goes in and there's these guys and they were you know like four or five of them so they approached my uncle, and my uncle was like, "No, I can't. Like, can't do it." I guess they approached him to ask him if they could buy, if he could buy liquor for them. Mm-hmm. They said, "No, I can't. You know, I, I can't do that, guys. You know, you're too young and whatever." I don't know what he said. He may have cursed them out. Who knows? Anyway, so he goes in and he comes back out, and they start surrounding him, and they're like trying to accost him. I get out. Cause I want to help my uncle. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? Right. My dumb ass didn't see that they had a, that the car next to us also had more friends of theirs. You know, I, I get hit from the side. They're everywhere. They're beating the hell out of us. Cause now the other guys have gotten out and mostly I'm on the ground because they've taken one of those. It's a trash can with a metal top and they've taken that and they are, Oh my God! Throwing it against me, and I'm on the ground, so I'm passed oh out most of the time. And someone yelled "gun" because someone pulled out a gun. I guess police were called, so they scattered. Man, these guys scattered. I had, so I had a concussion. My face was like I looked like the dude from oh. Mask. It's like because you know they didn't want me to sleep, and I don't want to say I wanted those guys dead after that, but. Uh, I needed the police. I think most of those guys probably are dead now. 
but they were they were able to find them and uh, I mean I remember having to go to court they were mostly young uh, so I remember going to juvie you know going to the juvie court to testify against these mm-hmm. guys and point them out you know some of them got shot later on and others got uh, I think they got in a car accident a major car accident mm-hmm. um, that was a situation where damn it I, I, I wish the police had been there so I wouldn't have got my ass kicked. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you guys that story. No, you definitely haven't. Okay. I always have stories, man. This is an interesting story. Uh, Our son and some of his friends found an injured deer in the parking lot of the Methodist church down the street. Yeah. And they were really upset and trying to figure out what to do with it. And so Kevin called the police and they said, yeah, they'd send someone out to take care of it. And Kevin asked what that meant. <laughs> and they basically said they'd shoot it. And that was taking care of it. And I was texting with our vet during this. And she was explaining that if the deer had lost its spots, because this was a very young deer, if the deer had lost its spots, she wasn't allowed. It was against the law for her to provide any veterinary care for him. Oh, wow. Because we do have a, a huge deer population in our yeah. town. Like, that's that's a real thing. Uh, but this deer hadn't lost its spots. He still had a couple spots. And uh, in the end, they called the Wild Care Service, which is just a network of people who you can call for wild animals that are in distress. They said, just keep an eye on him. And we saw that deer throughout the neighborhood for the rest of the year. Like, and we could tell him because his leg was deformed because it had been broken. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still got around okay, and I think possibly it was the kids gave him some space he could. I wonder if that's the three-legged deer that I see around town. It could be. I don't yeah. know. I feel like he just had a weird-shaped leg, but uh... okay. Okay, so so that that's an instance where modifying how the police do things would work. Being able to call someone else, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. This is a hard one, man. It is hard. And, you know, I know the history. I know the, the background of how, why the police were created. Right. Right. Um, you know, they were created to round me up, you know, round up uh, slaves mm-hmm. back in the day. Right. Yeah. And uh, I get it. My yeah. question is, like, what is the goal of having police uh, I just thought of like when I was looking into the nonprofit paperwork for the BCC, one of the things that kept coming up as I was doing my research was mission drift, like where you start something with a specific agenda or mission. And then over time, your mission drifts and then suddenly you're doing stuff that you didn't intend to do. It's sort of funny to apply that to police and then ask, have they had mission drift or have they not? In some ways, I don't know that they have had mission drift. I think that they were created for a purpose, and that has remained as an unspoken internal piece of what they do. And, and I, I think I've ranted about this before, but I think of like the rock stars kid getting to be only in jail during the day because he was anxious. And I'm not making fun of anxiety. I'm making fun of a system that really takes white people's anxiety quite seriously and no one else's. Mm-hmm. rich white people's anxiety, because that's a piece of it too. If we have had mission drift, then what is the mission now? Like, what is the the goal of having police? Because police existed when you were attacked in that parking lot, and they shortened the amount of time you were attacked. 
but they didn't prevent that attack from happening. Yeah, but those guys still would be out. I mean, not that they spent a lot of time in jail anyway, but, you know, if nothing, no one's going after them after they do stuff like that, then it's a free-for-all, isn't it? Who stops people from doing bad things? I'm not saying that police shouldn't change. I'm not saying that some tactics and some things that they do are aren't bad because they are and like i said i've experienced an african-american man i've experienced some of those things but without the law what happens what are the consequences for someone hurting you what are the consequences if someone were to hurt one of your children what are the consequences if one of your children goes missing and you can't find them who do you call to go and out and try to find your child within 48 hours I don't know the answers. I don't know all the answers. I know, but that's what I'm saying. We have to come up with those solutions before we just get rid of what we've got. That feels a little bit like, and I I agree. I understand. I'll I'll stipulate to being in Southern Indiana (laughs) and, and this being something that would be hard to, hard to get to. I just, as we have these conversations, I would like clarity on what the goals are, what the mission is. Like, what do we want police to do? Did I ever tell you about my cousin? Well, I mean, I don't know. I have this, have this cousin. His name's, we call him Little Freddy. I'm Little Donald. He's Little Freddy. Little. We're a year and 10 days apart. Uh, we were inseparable for a long time. But he like he lives in Indianapolis. I live, it lived in Bloomington. When we became teens, our paths started changing, you know? He was, pro- he was into things that I definitely weren't, wasn't in. And uh, I was probably a lot nerdier than him. I was going to say, was he in the marching band? No, he was not in the marching band. Somebody knocked on his door and and his little sister went and got him. And uh, the next thing they know is they hear a shot at the front door and they shot Freddie in the head. And so he died at 16, I think. Oh my gosh, that's awful. Shot him in the head on his front porch. Oh. Right? Yeah. So they found the guy, right? And mm-hmm. he went to prison. I'm not even sure if the guy's alive anymore, but he said it was a mistaken identity because they had the same car. That a car similar to that one had he had seen that car at his girlfriend's house. Hmm. Then knowing little Freddie, it probably was his car. <laughs> Don. <laughs> but that's no reason for him to get shot in the head, even if it was his. So I, that's the, he's the first person I actually saw die. I had to go. We, we had to call my grandparents who were in Alliance, Nebraska, not tell them that Freddie was brain dead but just tell them to get back here as soon as possible. I remember being there when my grandparents came back and said, okay, like, are we going to go see little Freddie? How's he doing? And I remember my, my grandparents just crying and the, the, the noise when they told him, okay, we're, we're going to go visit him, but we're going to go visit him for the last time. And we're going to turn off his machine. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, it is heartbreaking. But at that moment, once again, I wanted justice, man, right? 
Yeah. I want it just at the time that the, the kids jumped me in the at the playground in Park Square. Yeah. Uh, so when you think about police, you really think about like balancing things after a crime has happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and hey, maybe it's because uh, as a kid, I wanted to be like my dad. I wanted to be a police officer. I would go and find lost bikes in my neighborhood. You know, uh, I, I would do detective work, <laughs> you know, so I see the good. You're never going to see a blue and black flag on my porch. It's just not going to happen. But I do I do know that it, until we get another solution. Right. Until electric cars are completely efficient and everyone can have them. We're going to still have to have gas-powered cars or some kind of hybrid, right? You, you see what I'm saying? You, you, you know where I'm going here about cars. Yeah. We're not quite ready for all electric cars, which would, like, everybody having an all-electric car just isn't going to happen yet. We don't have the infrastructure in place to do that. But some people say we'll always have internal combustion, combustible engines. I don't feel like we'll always have gas, I was kind of saying that's kind of like the system that we have in place. Like we're not ready for no police at all. There's, there's not the infrastructure for that, but there are creative communities and creative police forces who are using some of the ideas that have been created through the getting rid of police uh, folks. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a big investment at a time that we are trying to invest in alternatives to policing. What does? Like the housing uh, allowance and... Oh, it doesn't. Everybody is not using that. If someone were to give you $13,000 right now, Amy, mm -hmm. if they said $13,000 for any counselor who wants to buy a house for down payment... Are you going to use that right now, Amy? Well, maybe. You are. You're going to sell your house no, right now. No, I'm not going to sell my house. I would just, you know. What? What would you do? Buy a different house. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be hard to turn down $13,000. No, it isn't because you already have a house. Yeah. Okay, Amy, I'll give you $13,000 right now if you sell your house. No, I want a lot more than that if I sell my house. You're really stressing out, Kevin. Can you see his texts? Bigger and bigger? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it's being used as a tool to bring in new police officers. And I guess that's my point, is that at a time when I think we should be investing in things that aren't police related, that are other ways of helping our community, that investing in new police officers feels. Have you seen what they're investing in though? When, when you look at the list, when you think of all oh, police officers, you think, I think maybe you just think they're investing in Bearcats and more police officers. That's what it That's, sounds like to me. It, but it isn't. If you look at what they're doing, if you look at the, the, the counselors that they've, they've been bringing on. If you look at all that kind of stuff, when they're talking about personnel, it's not just pure police that they're talking about. But here's the thing, man. And I know I'm going to get beat up oh, for the things that I'm saying uh, from people who I respect or 
who used to respect me or whatever, but you know, I'm going to have a job to do here. Mm -hmm. Right. And my job is going to be to make it better and also stop all the demonizing of everyone. That shit's got to stop because no one's listening. No one's listening at all. They have a point to make and they just want to make it. I was noticing this in a conversation yesterday. Um, and I think I tried to get at this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking and I struggled with it because I don't want to downplay the importance of what people are saying about our system, like the critiques of it. It does feel a little bit like binary in how we look at it. Like we look at somebody and they are either on our side or not on our side. They are either a good person or a bad person. They're either left or right, left or right. But, but even then it's like, they're either pretend left or real left. Yeah. Everybody, they want to put you in one camp. And unfortunately you can't, you're not going to be able to put me in a box. And that sucks because I know some people think that I'm in one box or another, but I'm all, I'm in so many different boxes. It's ridiculous. You're in boxes. I'm in a lot of boxes. People don't understand that you are a music that you are a musician too. (laughs) I mean, right? Half of our lives are over half of our both of our lives has been spent making actually making music. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people wouldn't know that. Mm -hmm. Right? They shouldn't be in boxes either. It's like they want to paint themselves as one thing or another. It's not authentic. You know, next week we've got Francois on the show and it's going to be awesome okay. tune in. but I, it feels like sometime soon one of the things we should return to talking about is maureen walker's idea of disruptive empathy and being really curious about each other maureen has like steps for it in her book um when getting along is not enough reconstructing race in our lives and relationships okay um there's there's really juicy and helpful stuff in that and you know she's coming Back to town in 2022, April. So she's fitting to come here? Yes. (laughs) 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 I enjoy getting to talk with you. You too. It's been fun. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. I'll see you later. All right. Bye-bye. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKeese, LCSW, took place in separate locations in Indiana on Thursday, March 18, 2021, and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKeese. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. Is it, it relationship? No, it should have been relationships. Relationship. I was hoping no one noticed, and then I didn't have to redo it. Come on now. <laughs>